Hello, it's uh, Farrington Local on Farrington Radio. This is uh, a show uh, 41 and uh, and all that sort of stuff which I normally say at this. Uh, uh, we're coming to you live today, actually, and uh, the today, today's show is going to be a little bit longer than normal, uh, mainly because I can't be bothered to edit the interviews, I'm afraid to say. Uh, but that's the way it goes. Anyway, we are actually coming to you live, as I say. Uh, we're attending the regional finals of a Hold Your Breath competition down here at the Farrington Corn Exchange. Now, uh, I don't know about you, but holding your breath... Um, I think it could last a minute. I think really. Uh, uh, so I'm not going to be. Uh, I'm not one of the contestants here. But we now actually uh, we come a little bit late, and we actually now into the fifteenth minute of the show, and some of the contestants are turning quite blue actually, which is quite fascinating. But I'm assured that this is quite normal at this early stage of a competition, and death very rarely occurs. That often. Uh, in, in regional finals anyway. Anyway, we'll be keeping you updated uh, throughout the show. Now, uh, before I uh, go any further, uh, I do have a, a, a something I have to read to you, uh, which my lawyers helped me uh, prepare, uh, helped me draft out a few words. Uh, following uh, an internal inquiry by the regulator, the Internet Broadcasting Standards, uh, the IBS, I do have a public apology following advice that I gave to... Uh, on one of my other shows, uh, Let Me Heal Your Pain. And this was to Jeff, whose wife had uh, openly been having affairs with numerous other men, including his boss, his best friend, his father, his brothers, and one of his nephews. Uh, and he'd called into our show uh, distraught and uh, desperate and seeking advice. And, uh, and I gave him some advice. But the uh, IBS felt that uh, despite the fact that uh, his wife was a bitch whore who deserved to be burnt at the stake in the marketplace during the Farringdon Festival, um, uh, my advice to Jeff was that uh, he should man up and be more positive to his wife's needs and maybe she was acting out, acting out this way because she, he was just frankly quite boring. And, uh, I mean, quite frankly, how many women really are can be wooed by uh, Big Wheels, Big Truck, Crush and Frenzy Special at the NEC. Um, but the IBS felt that I was uh, unqualified to comment on such uh, sensitive issues, uh, despite holding uh, my MVQ in Level 1 uh, in Foundation Psychology. So, Jeff, uh, I, I do apologise for my ill-judged comments and hope you uh, and your family and friends colleagues, boss, and nephew, and wife uh, can manage to heal your wounds. Or failing that, have you ever considered taking up freestyle basket weaving? I did a course in this a few months ago and uh, sorted out all my hang-ups, my depression, and feelings of self-loathing, and the need to lie, more or less. And uh, actually uh, created a scale model of the Londonite boot. So, Jeff, uh, all is not lost. Sophisticated, erudite, totally obsessed with fetish roleplay. Unable to shop at Ann Summers due to a high-profile professional position. Then private membership of Matters of the Trouser, Oxfordshire's exclusive retailer for upmarket erotic merchandise, could be just what you're looking for. We stock everything you require for those steamy engagements with your perverted imagination and much, much more. Our highly discreet maitre d' personal shopping service will be at your disposal. 
introducing you to an extensive wardrobe of uniforms, costumes and matching accessories in various materials. Some even tailored from ordinary cloth. Our specialised toy hall was described by the Right Honourable MP as a Hamleys of depravity. Phone 0800 696969 for details of exclusive private membership. Discretion is everything, and with made-to-measure pygmy skin prophylactics at £100 a packet of three, we can't be too careful. Matters of the trouser, accessed with the appropriate password through the old red phone box, Canada Lane, Farringdon. I, I just uh, recently recorded an interview for a forthcoming show uh, with Foundon's most unsuccessful suicide terrorist uh, following his attempt to uh, draw attention to the plight of small business entrepreneurs in Farringdon who find it difficult to find premises to set up uh, new businesses. He uh, waged a ferocious campaign against the uh, proliferation of coffee shops in the town centre, culminating in a uh, selfless, heroic attempt to drink himself into a caffeine frenzy. And as he said in his YouTube uh, suicide video, my heart will pound to death as the imperialist coffee scorches through my veins. Now, uh, unfortunately, uh, it only resulted in him suffering a severe diuretic problem and staying awake for 103 hours, uh, where he actually found time to build a life-size model of uh, the Wicker Man at a freestyle basket weaving course. Do you think uh, Jeff could make use of that? Maybe put his wife in it at uh, the Farringdon Festival, the evil bitch whore woman. Uh, let's have some music. Let's have some music anyway. Uh, I, 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 I saw, let's have a yen actually now for some rocking power pop from the Nolans, a lovely bunch of uh, rock chicks from the 70s. Uh, I don't know if you remember them. And uh, they're just preparing a farewell tour next year. Uh, it's true, it's true. If you were on their website, uh, they're, they're actually uh, uh, appearing all over the place. Uh, uh, heights of uh, Utoxeter and uh, Rotherham and uh, places like that. And um, maybe, hopefully, uh, Sam Prince, if you're listening, maybe you could book them and bring them in. Um, but no, no, we're, we're, we're not going to have uh, any Nolans on here. Um, we're going to stay native. We're going to have something from The Yearning.
Sorry, yeah, that was the uh, the yearning, and uh, they're uh, they're actually just preparing uh, coming for their first ever live performance. They're going to be playing at the uh, Corn Exchange here in, Fr- uh, uh, in in Farringdon on Friday the 9th of uh, November, and uh, that was a track of theirs uh, called uh, "Don't Call Me Baby," because I'm not, because I'm 50 and I'm losing my hair. But uh, anyway, uh, let's go to our first interview. We got an interview now with uh, Audrey Jeffries from the WI. Seriously. Uh, well, here today I'm chatting to Audrey Jeffries, who's president of Farringdon WI, which is... Um, well, Audrey, how, how long has it been going in Farringdon now? Uh, it's been going, I think, since about 1929, 1930. That's a long time uh, for Previous a, to the yeah. war, anyway, yes. Yeah. yeah. And how long have you been in, in the, the Farringdon WI yourself? I joined the WI itself about 40 years ago. Right. When we moved to Farringdon yeah. uh, nine years ago. So I then obviously joined Farringdon WI. Okay. So I've been a member here, I think, for about seven years now. Right, okay. And just, I mean, we might have all had perceptions of what we think WI is about. Mm. And just before we were recording that, I said, is it a social club? So, oh, no, no, it, 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 it may be sociable, but it's not a social club, is it? That's not the, the no. ethos behind. How do you summarise no. what WI is about? I mean, I think going back over the years, people used to think of the WI as being producers of... Uh, homely things like jams and cakes mm. and things like that yeah. and we still are um, even today teaching youngsters you know how to cook basics and things like that because the younger generation have not acquired those skills sure. yeah. um, knitting skills and crochet skills and things like that um, which is coming back I mean everybody these days wants to wants to learn to knit yeah, things like that yeah. so it's a basic skills but it is primarily a learning group Okay. I mean, last night some of our members went to Harwell mm-hmm. um, and listened to a lecture by two doc- a doctor and a professor from Reading University right. on food, on taste, 
and um, the second lecture was on the advantages of things like Yakult and, and uh, oh right these, food, these are the good, you know, the good, good bacteria foods. isn't it that's right yeah, yes yeah. so it's a learning group as right. much as anything else oh okay alright so what was the makeup of, of Foundings WI so you're, you're president How, what's, the, what's the structure of, of, of the organisation then in Farringdon each WI has a president and a committee and its members mm -hmm. then you're affiliated to the county Right. So they also have trustees because now um, there's been a change. Once upon a time it was WI. Now there's trustees on the county okay. because they get chargeable status and things like oh, that. Oh, right. Okay. And then they are yeah. in turn affiliated to the national. Right, okay. And it's the national WI that do the campaigns like this year um, at the annual meeting. It was trying to, well, we're... we're Sort of chasing the government, if you like, right. for more midwives. So right. that's, that's one of your it's, uh, it's a big campaign. That's a national campaign. Right, okay. Yes. And how how is that campaign going? What's it consisting of then nationally? Well, they will lobby the government, um, mm -hmm. and they have a small. I mean, they have obviously the same type of structure as we do in the WI, right. where they have a chairman and a sure. committee, okay. and then they have various committees. So they will have a committee who is primarily just concerned with that national campaign, really, right, to chase okay. that and say that we need more midwives. Right, OK. Um, and, and locally, what sort of things does the founded WI get up to? If somebody joined your WI, what are they likely to encounter and be part of? Well, each month we have a, a speaker. Mm -hmm. So this month we have someone coming from Blenheim Palace talking, oh, right, okay. talking about the landscape and the history of the garden. Last month we had Valerie Calderbank um, with absolutely stunning start slides on the universe and um, before that we had a speaker on Agatha Christie and, mm -hmm. and her life um, we've had local speakers on um, sometimes local uh, charities um, we had a, a speaker on Little Coxwell on the history of Little Coxwell um, we've got speakers coming on spinning the history of Whitney Blankets and at Christmas we shall have flower arranging and things like that. Oh, right, okay. And what about activities? Do you get up to anything outside your, your meetings where you have speakers come to you? Yes, it's always been a part of the community, mm -hmm. um, like the um, Jubilee Festival. Right, We okay. help do the big lunch in the Corn oh, Exchange. Oh, the Corn Exchange, yes, quite, yes, yes. And I think going back over the time, they've always been involved mm. in things like the library when it started and... Um, years ago, apparently having sort of tea things for the right. troops and yes, canning yeah. machines for yeah. the town and things mm -hmm. like that. So historically, it's always been quite involved in the in the town itself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And on Fridays, is it every? No, we meet on the second uh, Monday of each month. Right. Sorry, right. no, the third Monday third of each Monday month okay. in Wait, the Corn Exchange in the at corn two o'clock. Okay. And we always welcome, you know, new members. And, right. and if somebody wanted to join them, what does it consist of to, to join? Just coming along right. and coming and spending a couple of meetings with us, mm -hmm. if they find that interesting and join us. We have actually had about six new members in the last couple of months. Oh, so. right. Oh, good. So, uh, yeah. I was chatting to um, Rotary recently yes. on my last show, mm. and uh, they've, uh, in the past few years, have opened their doors to women to join Rotary. Yes. Are there many men in WI, or there, is it open to men? Or? It is open to men, actually. There are no men, but we often have men 
if we have a speaker, mm-hmm. which is something, um, you know, that perhaps the topic is something that the men would be more interested in, especially gardening things, and mm. science lectures and things like that. Last night at the at the Rutherford, there were two or three men present, which doesn't right. sound a lot, and I think they felt a little bit out of place yeah. with all the skirts that were around. Yeah. But, but yes, we do have men. Okay. And of course, the Friday market here in the Corn Exchange, every Friday morning there's yes, a market, yes. 9.15. Right. That originally started by the WI, right. by the WI market. It's now not affiliated to the WI, but it's still basically WI mm. members that uh, produce... Oh, so it's technically thing. not the WI Friday no. market. No, it's not. It's just a lot of the members happen to be WI members at the moment. Well, I think that's because that's who formed it to start with. Right. And then because of the way of things have gone, you know, legislation and things like that have meant that the WI itself mm. um, cannot take on the responsibility of the market. And so it's got its own separated... Um, right. Company now. It is a properly formed company. So, can anybody just come along and join? So, I want to have a stall at your market on, on the Friday, then. Is that how it works? No. Oh, it's not no. that simple. Oh, right. oh, okay. <laughs> Anyone can apply to produce for the market. Right. It's very stringent. Um, all the food which is cooked has to be cooked and prepared the day before mm-hmm. the market on Friday. You're not allowed to freeze things and bring that to sell. Okay. Um, you have to have passed your. Um, hygiene certificates and things right, like that to cook. Okay, yeah, yeah. You can come and bring your crafts if you're a crafts person, and once they've been vetted, um, then you join the market by paying uh, 10p share or something like that mm-hmm. and becoming a shareholder. Right. Okay. And then you can produce your crafts and bring them each month. You can bring your gardening produce each month, but it is vetted for the first. Sure. Um, okay. You know, to get yeah. a person's yeah. uh, okay. qualifications. In now, is there a, a website that people can go to to find out about Farringdon WI? Yes, you can go to what's, you can just, um, you know, put in www.wi yeah. and it will come up primarily with the national. Okay. Then you go through the county, then you get to the Farringdon, and we've got our own website and our own programme is published on that Okay, website so all the details well. of all your events and your Absolutely. meetings are all, are all listed on the there. time that we meet, right. um, what the speaker's going to be, things like that. Yes, it's all on the website. Correct. And likewise, the markets are all on the website as well. So okay. there's um, plenty of information out there for people. And we're delighted to have new members, of course. Okay, all right, um, that's great. Well, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate okay. chatting there. And it's... Uh, Nice to have an insight of what the WI is all about. Thanks very much. Thank you. Okay. Okay, well, uh, we know a little bit more about uh, what the WI is about and uh, and who can join and uh, what they get up to. And uh, and uh, just like Rotary, uh, who take women into their, into their fold now, if you're a gentleman out there and like to go along and uh, learn about... Uh, things that the WI get up to. Uh, never asked me if they do any freestyle basket weaving, actually. Uh, maybe that's something they might be interested in. Uh, uh, anyway, you can find out a little bit more about them if you go onto their uh, go onto their website. And uh, Anyway, uh, back to that uh, holding your breath competition, because uh, uh, we're now 35 minutes into the contest, and I'm told that it's at this stage, at 35 minutes, at, uh, or about 30, well, barely about this time, the, the lungs start to feel as though as if they're on fire. And it's not unusual for one or two contestants to be sick and uh, and possibly even pass out. Yeah. But as long as they uh, don't breathe in, they're not disqualified. 
Right, okay. Uh, last uh, down to the last two contestants then. Uh, this is getting really exciting. Uh, we'll be back soon to this. And uh, uh, but first of all, more music. Uh, music from the man who was uh, has different sounds coming from each hand. And this is a song about uh, uh, a suicide doctor from Kingston Bagpipes. Okay, that was uh, the man with the stereo hands in a track of his called Dr. Paranoia, and who's going to be playing at the Radnor Arms Coles Hill on Christmas Eve and at the Swan Farringdon on New Year's Eve. Uh, that's Neil, I mean, uh, Dr. Dr. Paranoia. Uh, no, he's dead. 
Um, anyway, next week, uh, next week we've got an interview with Dwayne Leggy Sticklehammer, and uh, who used to perform naked alligator juggling uh, until the RSPCA served an animal protection notice on him. Uh, they said it was cruel uh, that in this climate uh, these fragile creatures would suffer undue trauma being juggled naked. But Dwayne is claiming that uh, uh, he may have to close down his business as the image of the show would be spoiled uh, having them wrapped up in thermal vests. Well, uh, the RSPCA, uh, that's to stand for the Ridiculous Spoils crappy authority I suppose really political correctness gone mad I say okay well it's uh, what we're doing we must be in about 45 minutes now uh, back here at the uh, holding your breath contest and uh, as we can see um, both contestants are looking uh, quite calm uh, and serene uh, only two contestants left and uh, looking calm and serene is essential for this uh, dangerous sport well, well activity pastime. Yes, uh, very calm, uh, very serene, very still. Both of them. Not a muscle is moving and uh, as the need to preserve oxygen is paramount as, uh, as competition is vicious at this level of the game and the concentration on their faces is quite calm, very still. One of the judges is just prodding Oh, and he's prodding the other. Oh dear. Right, well, um, no winners today. Uh, yes, stiff as a board. Hmm. Died live on radio, as they say, really. Uh, let's, uh, let's go to one of our sponsors. Relative kick the bucket. Looking for a funeral director? Not relishing the thought of this sort of thing. Well, look no further than London Street Farringdon, where international award-winning Snuffit and Stuff are opening one of their upmarket state-of-the-art funeral parlours. Yes, we'll have everything for your stiff-in-a-box party requirements. A fabulous choice of burial caskets to suit your taste and budget. And our luxury fleet of funeral vehicles will get you there and back in mournful style and comfort. Phone Snuffit and Stuff on 01367 666 666. Snuffit and Stuff, giving you dignity in destiny. Well, let's go to our uh, second interview with the uh, show, where um, we're going to be going to uh, Peter Webster, uh, who's uh, a member of the Farringdon Dramatic Society, and he's uh, written the uh, the next pantomime for the Farringdon Dramatic Society, which will be performing uh, in January of uh, next year. And uh, Peter's been in the Farringdon Dramatic Society for uh, uh, many, many years now, uh, been uh, writing, directing uh, many, many plays with the uh, Farringdon Dramatic Society. And uh, if anybody out there is interested uh, in joining uh, uh, drama and getting involved locally, then the uh, Farringdon Dramatic Society is uh, always open to uh, new people to uh, come along and uh, and join them. Anyway, let's go to our interview now uh, with Peter Webster from the uh, Farringdon Dramatic Society. Hey, today I'm chatting to Peter Webster, who's writer and director of the next pantomime, Jack in the Beanstalk, for, from the uh, Farringdon Dramatic Society. Um, so, Peter, just um, you've been doing this for some time now, haven't you, really? 
More years than I care to remember. Just how, tell us, how long have you been in Found and Dramatic Society? Then? Since 1988, as far as I remember. Right, that's a long time, isn't it? Yeah. Remember I, what your first production was, or you were involved with? The first one that I was involved with was a pantomime, and I can't remember exactly which one it was, but I ended up painting scenery. Oh, right, okay. nobody else was there to do it. Oh. In there. <laughs> right, but you've got more people, do, more people now. It's, a, it's grown a little bit, has it? It has rather, yes. Yeah, because yes. you just chatting just beforehand about how much it takes to put all this on, really. It's, it's a lot. Lots of people involved doing lots of work behind the scenes, which is the right term. Well, that's absolutely true, and I think we're lucky as a society that nobody is what I would call a prima donna. Mm. So you can have somebody who's directing... Mm. a play or a pantomime this year and in the next production they are selling tickets or they're building scenery or whatever but we tend to have if you like a a nucleus of people who tend to do things like the set building because that's their particular skill or Mm. costumes because that's their particular skill or whatever but people flow in and out all the time you're always looking for new people to come and join the society absolutely yes Yes. For, well, for all aspects of it, or is there any particular aspect you're looking for? At the no, moment, again, or? I mean, going back to the point that I just made about nobody having a particular role. Right, okay. You know, nobody hangs on to things. Right, So yes. you don't have the same person doing all the direction right, all the time, sure. whatever. Yeah. So we're always glad to get new people in to try new things. Mm. So somebody could join the society today, mm. and in six months' time, they could be directing something, if that's what they wanted to do. Right, yes. But what's important is that they choose something that they really want to do because yes. that makes yeah. a difference mm. so we wouldn't tell them what to do they would come up with their idea right they'd float that by the committee if everybody thinks yeah that's a good idea and we can cast it then we go for it right okay so anyway just chat about uh well it's not the next production because actually it's just mentioned that now because the next production which is coming out in november is an old coward present play. laughter present laughter when, when's that coming out that is the first week in November, mm-hmm. and as soon as that finishes, on the following Monday, having cleared up that previous set, yes. we do the read-through, and on the following Thursday, we do the casting for Jack and the Beanstalk. Right. So if someone's interested in joining uh, the society because they wanted to get involved in the, in the pantomime, they can... It's, it's not too late yet. They Absolutely can come along. not, so no. How's that, what's, how's that process go ahead, then, if somebody wants to get involved? be for the particular right. couldn't be simpler right in other words we promote it on our website mm-hmm. we promote it in all the local publications mm-hmm. so everybody knows when the reading is happening and when the yeah. casting is happening all they've got to do is turn up mm. if they like what they hear in terms of the reading sure and they come back for the casting they say what part they would like to go for mm-hmm. and they read for it right obviously then the difficult bit is yeah. for the director and the director always has two or three other helpers as well because right. one person can't do the selection bit on their own. Right. They sit and think through who's come, mm. who's actually read for the different parts, right. and who is best for each of those parts. Sure. But you don't need to have acted before. Mm. You know, people Generally, people come along, take a very small part to begin with, something where they are not out front, if you like, if mm. that's worrying them and then over a period of time usually over two or three years they find themselves on the front of the stage running a you know one of the big parts right yeah you know, they just have to find their feet yeah 
So they've got but, the experience yeah. and they've really got not, the interest. Yeah. We're not just looking for actors either. We're looking right. for musicians. We're mm-hmm. looking for people who want to help backstage. Mm-hmm. So again, that can be costumes, it can be scenery, anything. Because right. it's all it's all dependent on teamwork. Yes, absolutely. Sure. Because it's a hell of an undertaking. Yes, I know. Well, that's the world gathered before we started it's recording. It's got to be right on the yeah. night. Yeah. Right, so tell us about this particular production then. Jack and the Beanstalk. I, I assume you've probably done a version of Jack and the Beanstalk sometime in the past, have you? We did one a long time ago. Right. Where we bought in a script. Right. But again, right. it's a case of reading various scripts and deciding whether or not you like the, the mm. tone of it. In this case, we couldn't find, the society, I should say, couldn't find a script of a pantomime that they hadn't done for a long time. Right. And the suggestion was Jack and the Beanstalk. So because I'd written some pantomimes in the past, mm. they asked me to have a go at this again. Right. So June, July and August, I've written the majority of it. Mm-hmm. We now have a full script. Right. It's now getting down to things like the music and the sure. dance and so on and so forth, the details. But what I've done is I've taken the traditional story yes. of Jack and the Beanstalk, where there isn't a lot to it, to be perfectly honest, and obviously embroidered that mm. to give a full pantomime yes. story, if you like, that rolls along, has got some punch to it, hopefully, and has got a narrative running through it. Mm. So it takes all the traditional elements, the usual thing with the dame, with the villain, with their... Right. In this case, we have a cow as well, so there'll be okay. two people in yeah. a costume, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> all those traditional yeah. ideas, but obviously our own version. Right. And because I've written it with our group in mind, mm-hmm. it means I can think about how we would actually be able to stage it. Because obviously we have limitations in terms of the facilities that we've got. I mean, this we, is at the, the founding junior school, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yes. You know, but it's obviously not a professional theatre. Mm-hmm. And there isn't much room in the wings. It's very difficult to get things on and off that sure, stage. So yes. we just have to be careful how we do it. Mm. But I suppose knowing the venue means that it's possible for me to write a pantomime, which is possible for us to do. Mm. It's actually practical, in other words. Right. In there. So what have you... Music? You talk about you bringing music as well. Obviously you use well-known songs and, and, and adapt yes. them slightly sometimes. And mm. You have to be very careful Oh, right, that. you can't... Yeah, right. Yeah. Because, you know, the way the words are written yeah. are the way that they should be said or sung. Oh, right. So you have to be careful. But sometimes it goes slightly awry. But, okay. But normally you have Either to on stick, purpose or not on purpose. You have to stick to the script. Sure. But obviously, once you've got the story, you mm. can think about the points in the action when mm. it would be useful to have some music. Sure. Okay. And you don't want too much music mm. and you don't want any song going on for too long. Yes. But... All the characters need to have their own song to reflect their character or the situation that they're in at the moment. I see, right. So I've thought of some of those songs. Mm -hmm. Other people who are helping me out with the music and the dance aspects of it have come up with other suggestions. So between us, we've got the basis of it. Mm -hmm. So now it's a case of going out, sourcing that music, getting a group of musicians together and making sure we've got a proper band Right. The performances. Yeah. The other big thing is finding a musical director. Uh, right. That's okay. always difficult. Yeah. Because it's a big commitment. So you don't have a resident musical, someone who's long term being part of the society. Then we do. Yeah. We do have 
some very good musicians in the society. Mm. But because they have their day jobs sure. and quite often they're traveling or whatever, mm. it's difficult sometimes for them to commit. Mm. Um, one of our members has just had her third child. Right, okay. So yes. although she is an extremely good pianist and would make a very good musical director, it's a bit difficult for her to take yeah, it on. Yeah, the commitment's yeah. a lot, isn't it? Yes. Quite, but I understand. If we can yeah. find a way around it, if we can make it possible for somebody like her to help us, mm -hmm. then that's what we'll do. And in this particular, uh, obviously, with, with pantomime, is the very nature of them, but yeah, for, for uh, amateur dramatic societies, children's a big thing in this, isn't it? You're looking to get as many parts for children to do. Yeah, I mean, we're lucky here in the town. We've, we've always had a very good turnout of children for panto mm. time. Anything up to 70 at one time. Wow. So that's great because it gives them a chance to go on stage, it gives them a chance to show off their talents and hopefully decide that they like being on stage and come back to do other things. Mm. With us or, or other people, you know, they go on to college, they do it at school as well sure. in there. But because if you've got that number of children... You've got to find things which are going to stretch them and mm. give them a chance to show off what they can do and obviously things that they're going to enjoy dancing to or singing mm. in there. So some of the music will be songs that they know. If you like, it's going to be more of their generation than sure. mine. Right, okay. Because yeah. I'm getting on a bit. <laughs> but there's going to be a, a mix of music, most of which the audience will recognise mm. quite quickly. Quite, yes, yes. So there'll be some stuff which is very much up to date, which the children know like the back of their hand, mm. much more than the adults do. So the adults have to do the learning rather than the children. Right, I see. And some of it yeah. will be the opposite way round. The adults will be used to it, they'll know the words, yeah, yeah. all of the words in yeah. the song, but the children need to learn it. So this particular uh, uh, the pantomime, when's this, when's this going to be available for people to come and say? Right. Well, how far are we looking at now? Our traditional time of the year, yeah. so in this case it's going to be the last week in January next okay. year and the first week in February. And we do one performance on a Friday evening, mm -hmm. we do two on a Saturday which is the matinee and an evening performance as well. Right. So overall there's going to be six performances. Right, okay. okay. And this is your, as you said earlier, this is your, your, your big earner in effect which helps to well, it has subsidise and support the other... Uh, presentations you put on throughout yeah, the year. It, it, it's what I would call our banker because yeah. it brings in the money which allows us to put on the other productions mm. that we do which may or may not make some money. Sure. You know, right. most straight plays, if you like, even comedies and so on, mm. unless they're extremely well known, don't mm. get huge audiences. Yes. So, with the cost of production, you often um, make a loss. Right. But we can live with that because if we've made some money on the pantomime, yes, then we can yeah. pay our way through the year. Right. So as long as we balance our budget and we're not e eating into it year yeah. after year, then that's fine. Right. Okay. Some will be more popular than others. I mean, for instance, Cinderella last year is probably the most popular pantomime that anybody knows of. Sure. So that was absolutely packed out. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. Most of them do get very good audiences, but mm. that was particularly well attended. Mm. And... Obviously, that helps to boost the finances, mm. but it's quite easy to spend the money. I can imagine. I can imagine. Uh, just one last thing: is there still any discussion or consideration of moving back to your old place in the in the community centre? We would 
certainly like to have that as a performance venue. Right. The trouble is, because of its size, mm. the audience is extremely limited. Oh, I see. Right. And with the other issues that we now have, where children have to be separated from adults, from you know, the usual health and safety issues, oh, and so right. yeah. etc. Need lots of changing there, rooms. There are no changing rooms there. There are there are very poor facilities for right. getting scenery on and off and so yeah. on and so forth. But I have to say that as part of the new town plan, mm. as a society, we've put forward the idea that Farringdon ought to have its own performing arts centre. Mm. Not just for us. Yes, I know. But well, for anybody, you know. It yeah. doesn't matter what they... A group, local mm. groups, local... Um, parents groups, yeah. you know, mothers and toddlers, whatever, whoever wants to use it, but it needs to be kitted out to allow people... It does, and soundproofed. Yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> yes, I know. But I know. good sound equipment, yeah. good lighting equipment, yeah. a proper stage, you know, then you get much more of a cultural life, I think. Yes, absolutely. That'd which be is great what we need. The town. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, Peter. Thanks so much for your time chatting to us, and, uh, and good luck for the future, and... Uh, many more years of writing and directing and thank you thank you well uh, that was uh, Peter Webster from uh, the Farringdon Dramatic Site and if you go onto their website there's a link on our website to their website as well find out about uh, what productions are coming up and uh, maybe if you want to get involved with the Farringdon Dramatic Site uh, I say uh, the doors are always open <coughs> oh, excuse me about that and uh, anyway uh, uh, no music in a moment but uh, just uh, after this next track uh, I'm going to tell you about a uh, a trip uh, here at Farringdon Radio where uh, we're planning, where um, if anybody wants to come along and join us, uh, we're planning a visit to Farringdon's first green eco-execution -execu centre using renewable energy located next to the Westmill Wind Farm at Watchfield. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about a little bit more about that uh, after this next track. Uh, of course, what I'd love to hear right now is some classic raucous rock from the suite. Uh, no, we're going to stay local uh, this week, and uh, everything you hear is uh, from Benza here in Farringdon. And uh, we've got the Tramp Aviators with the Happy Song. This is a happy song, with whistling and cheering. No misery or rain, or any expression of my inner pain.
Okay, that was the uh, Tramp Aviators, one of the track of theirs called The Happy Song. Now, they're playing at the Corn Exchange as well on Friday the 9th of November, along with the uh, Yawning, uh, Yearning, um, yeah, yearn, yearn, Yearning at uh, uh, the Corn Exchange, along with the Gorgeous Moron as well. Uh, so that's a Friday the 9th of November at the Corn Exchange. Um, now, just before that track, uh, we just mentioned about our uh, our planned visit to the uh, Farringdon's first Green Execution Centre, located down to West Mill uh, Wind Farm, down in uh, Watchfield. Um, now, this is run by the uh, Farringdon Protection League, which is a sort of paramilitary neighbourhood watch in association with the Farringdon Unified Community, or the FUC, which is a slightly fundamentalist, uh, green, law and order separatist, friendly society whose main aim is uh, looking at their website main aim is to have an independent crime-free Farringdonia cut from the rest of the world and also make Farringdonia an independent nuclear state little ambitious bunch of nutters but anyway Anybody who wants to come along to the open day uh, next week, do get in touch. Do call us on 07712 530 405. And uh, we're actually, uh, in the spirit of green, we're going to be cycling there uh, with the Farringdon Cycling Club uh, Farcicles, as it's one of their missions this year to use their cycling prowess to bring effective renewable energy to the world of humane executions. And uh, sometimes there's this little wind down at the wind farm. An execution can take up to 40 minutes. So don't take young children. Despite what the FU say in their press release, it's a smelly, grisly, noisy affair. Yeah, but the, but the farcical people uh, all connect up their bikes when they get there, connect up to the generator and pedal like bilio and commit to the greater good. And I believe, fortunately, uh, when we attend, uh, there will be, uh, I believe on our visit, there will be uh, two hoodies who go to meet their maker as they'd uh, been caught looking at a World War II pillbox on private land, thinking about going in for a sneaky cigarette. Oh, they're going to smoke that day, aren't they? Yes. Anyway, uh, time for a roundup of uh, what's happening locally. Yes, okay, on uh, Thursday the 18th of... uh, October, uh, yeah, we're in October, aren't we? Of course, yeah, Thursday the 18th. Uh, the uh, Corn Exchange, uh, uh, down at the Corn Exchange there, will be uh, a talk. This is, this is uh, we've had this before, we've mentioned this earlier on, so um, those of you people who think I'm not I'm talking at the back of my head, um, there's going to be a talk there um, about the therapeutic effects of freestyle basket weaving. And uh, they do have a guest, a guest speaker is going to be coming along, uh, a centenarian, uh, a really old chap, Centenarian. Somebody's quite a bit over 100, I think, is a a very old chap from Austria who's recently come out of uh, secret hiding to atone for some misdemeanours during the 1940s and uh, praise the value of freestyle basket weaving and how it's turned his life around. That's good, isn't it? That's nice to hear. Yeah, the value of th- therapeutic effects of freestyle basket. Anyway, um, move me up. Saturday, the 20th of October. Uh, now, uh, yeah, right. if you were a go-getter in the 1960s, a young thruster maybe in the 1960s, and the hydraulics are still fully functioning, or even partially working, you might be interested in this saucy event at Sunset Meadows Retirement Home, Churchview, Farringdon, where they're having a free living partner-swapping session. 
But instead of putting your keys in a bowl, it's uh, whose false teeth are these parting? Uh, no need to bring your wife. Anyone's wife will do, they say. And uh, although I, I do have to point out that the last time they had one of these parties, um, they, they did end up playing strip twister. And with a combination of uh, walking aids, false body parts, colostomy bags, some forgetfulness and some ungentlemanly behaviour on behalf of one or two people who won't be named here today, it turned out into a cesspit orgy of perverted pensioner depravity. So if that's your thing and uh, you fancy joining in them, uh, then go along on the Saturday 20th down to uh, Sunset Meadows. And uh, looking a little bit further ahead in a couple of weeks' time, on Saturday the 27th uh, of October, there'll be a new fish spa bar. Is that the right way? Fish fish spa uh, will be open. You know, it's one of those people, places where you dangle your feet and relax and uh, little fishies come down and uh, eat the bits of skin from around your toes. Uh, they say it's quite relaxing. And uh, uh, although that's, uh, it says here in their press release, this one is a little more of a, a vigorous version than the usual fish bar, mainly because it's aimed at those people with extra with an extra toe or two or maybe a little bit of webbing. Strange market to be aiming for, isn't it, really? Anyway, uh, anyway, for anybody who's interested, uh, if you go along down there to the new Piranha Fish Spa Bar, ah, yes, get it now, yeah, uh, opens on Saturday the 27th. And, uh, hey, maybe, I'm just thinking, maybe um, Dwayne Leggy Sticklehammer uh, would consider donating his gaiters as the uh, RSPCA have stopped him juggling with them nowadays. And uh, just got a nod. That's a nod from my producer saying we are coming towards the end of the show. No, she's shaking her head. It's not the end of the show, she said. It's the end. Sorry? It's the end. What do you mean it's the end? Handing me a note. Just, just bear with me one second. Oh, um, right. I've just had um, an email from the uh, irritating bastard squad. Nope, sorry, shouldn't call them that. Uh, the the IBS, um, who said they've been listening to our current show, and uh, felt that my online apology to Jeff and his bitch whore wife. I shouldn't say that either. Um, uh, didn't regard my apology as sufficiently appropriate or professional. And they are suspending my broadcasting license pending a disciplinary hearing. Right, well, back to the self-loathing and freestyle basket weaving then, I suppose, really, isn't it? Um... Right, okay. Uh, bit of a loss of words now, really. Um, I suppose we could end up with... Uh, oh, hang on. The, the, the words. Come in. Well, I want a few more songs. But because they're trying to switch me off already. They're playing around with the transmitter. Can you stop playing Twitter? They're trying to cut me off. Messing me messing around and I can't... I've got a few more songs left to play. Sorry about the interference here, and uh, we've got a, a few more songs left to play for you. Some things should be simple, even an end has a start. Someone hit the light, cause there's more. 
Listening. 